0: sit back, relax, and listen to episode 154 of the Wealth Attack Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting, and this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. Our topic for this month is turnkey asset management platforms, better known as TAMPs. We chose this topic because the TAMP market is one of Ezra Group's core areas of expertise. We conduct research on the TAMP market, and we provide technology and strategy consulting to TAMPs, as well as with wealth management firms that outsource the TAMPs. So we're basically a full-service provider to the entire ecosystem. And speaking of which, if you're on the leadership team of a TAMP, or broker-dealer, or enterprise RIA, or fintech provider, and you're facing strategic uncertainty and need some advice and guidance on wealth management technology and strategy, you should run, not walk, to our website. EzraGroupLLC.com, and fill out the Contact Us form on the homepage. Our experienced team can help with things like RFPs, software implementations, evaluations of your current platform, competitive analysis, and more. You can take advantage of our free consultations by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. All right, today's guest is Daniel Needham, who has been president of Morningstar Wealth since 2015. Before that, he was global chief investment officer for Morningstar's investment management group. And Needham joined Morningstar back in 2009 through the acquisition of Intech, a provider of multi-manager and investment portfolio solutions based in Sydney, Australia, where he served as chief investment officer. And uh, Daniel and I spoke about Morningstar's TAMP offering, their switch of the underlying technology from uh, their current provider to SmartX, and their upcoming UMA program, which is the first one they'll be launching on SmartX and and their TAMP roadmap. So a couple of quick housekeeping notes before we continue. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Make sure to check out our sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation at investinothers.org. And now let's kick this thing off. I'm excited to introduce our guest for this episode. It is Daniel Needham, president of Morningstar Wealth. Daniel, welcome. Thanks for being here, man.
1: Thanks, Craig. It's uh, great to be here. I've listened a lot, and so I'm uh, thrilled to be uh, participating.
0: Glad to have you. There, this is, a, this is a, we're up in the hundred fifties episode, so it's uh, we're we're cranking them out. We've been doing this for a while um, since twenty nineteen. So this is the third year of podcasting.
1: Yep, yep. So so I've timed well, right? So you've really <laughs> nailed it. So that's good.
0: Yeah. You're you're in the good time. Like I'm not experimenting, trying to figure out how it works. Like it's all it's all boom, boom, boom. So it's like clockwork. So you're you're in it perfectly. And uh, where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling in from Chicago. So at uh, 22 West Washington, which is Morningstar's head office.
0: Yeah, that's that's the office with the big um, the deck looking out on the city. Right. That's
1: right. Level seven, we have a nice uh, patio area, which is, uh, you know, that's right. It, uh, it it doesn't get used about six months of the year because we're in Chicago, but uh, the <laughs> six months it does, it's normally packed. So,
0: And three of those months it is used, you're wearing a parka.
1: That's right. Exactly. <laughs> more of an igloo out there versus a, a place to sort of have a barbecue.
0: But now's the best time. Like July, August is a really good time to be in Chicago.
1: That's right. The three months that are really, you know, really good in Chicago.
0: <laughs> Before it <laughs> snows in the, the end of September. That's right. Cool. All right. So um, let's head into this. We're talking about um, uh, the TAMP uh, offering of Morningstar. Can you please give us a 30-second elevator pitch?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know advisors know and, and trust Morningstar and what we stand for. And uh, our platform is really about bringing the best of Morningstar's data, research, insights, and tools together for fee-based advisors. So that, you know, they can spend time doing what they do best, which is working with clients to deliver advice and great outcomes that ultimately empowers investor success. And you know, we've got a multi-custodial platform that gives advisors the choice about which custodian or custodians they want to work with. And they're able to see a holistic view at the at the client level, which, you know, really gives them the ability to, to manage their practice the, the way they want to. And, uh, you know, our goal is to put the best of Morningstar advisors' fingertips in a an easy-to-use Digital seamless workflow.
0: And Morningstar, as you said, is a trusted name in the industry of, I think, 200,000 advisors using some one of your products or services. So uh, the, the TAMP offering is something that they shall be taking a look at. And you've had this offering for quite some time.
1: That's right. We've had the TAMP for, for nearly 20 years in, in various various forms and iterations. But, um, but you know, I think we've we kind of been the, the best kept secret, I think, within Morningstar. And, uh, and you've been able to access Morningstar's research and portfolios and tools. But we're really focused on investing and, and expanding out the number of advisors and, and investors that we serve with it. And, you know, we're really excited about the, the path forward.
0: What kind of advisors would you say would be in the sweet spot for the TAMP offering? Generally,
1: we're looking at fee-based advisors, you know, that uh, they, they can be within a BD or, or an RIA, but but generally we're going to be serving that sort of, you know, that 50 to, to 250 million uh, practice. Uh, and, you know, generally they're going to be advisors that that really value choice and flexibility. They want to be able to, to manage the practice the way they want to manage it. But, but you know, we can serve advisors of pretty much any size.
0: And you have, if right? You have advisors of all sizes and with the other products and services as well. From That's the right. broker dealers to the individual RAs.
1: Exactly. I think there's, you know, we'd be one of the the we probably have one of the largest footprints within the the advisor market, touching them in different ways, whether it's our, you know, advisor workstation, whether it's Moistar Office, whether it's using our data or tools in in, you know, a BD platform or, you know, at the wires. So yeah, we're we're definitely we're ubiquitous, I think, within the advisor workflow.
0: And what people don't realize is that your your coverage of products and services you're clearly one of the largest data vendors, and everyone knows Morningstar Data, Morningstar Research. But I, I interviewed uh, your head of pro- head of software a while back, and if you were st- if you just pulled out the software part of your business, you'd be one of the largest software providers in the industry.
1: That's right. That's right. You know, you'd be surprised where Morningstar's software and tools uh, turn up, and so we definitely have served a, a lot of advisors. But you know, we think about technology as an enabler as well for our, for us, and and you know, um, and that's really where we're investing is to be able to enable the advisor workflow. And um, and yeah, we're really excited, and I'd say our best our best days are ahead of us. Uh,
0: I would, I believe so as well. And so recently, you announced you're switching your backend technology uh, to a new provider. Can you talk about? That and what were the primary factors in that decision?
1: Yeah, I I think as I mentioned, you know, we've had a, a you know a platform for, for quite some time, our Tamp for some time, and you know, we've seen the the needs of advisors evolve, and um, and the ability to deliver flexibility and choice, we think is is more important than ever, and you know, we've had great partnerships um, supporting the Tamp and. But but we felt from a technolo- technology perspective, we needed to enhance the underlying chassis of the platform, especially from a UMA perspective. We have multi-strategy accounts or UMA's now, but but we really felt like we needed to partner with a you know a, an API sort of technology first provider, uh, and we have Morningstar Office, which is a portfolio accounting engine as well. So we we've got some backend capabilities that we were really leveraging a third party for. So so we've made the decision to to sort of overhaul. The, uh, the, the middle and back office of um, the TAMP. And so you know, we're, we're, we're using Office as our sole portfolio accounting and performance calculation engine. Uh, and we're working with SmartX uh, to, to be our uh, UMA and uh, middle office uh, uh, provider. So working with them, you know, API, based uh, connections um, they'll be powering out our UMA our model manager our rebalancer and so really excited you know uh, Evan Rappaport and John Pincus you know just great great partners I think they're you know they're they're really focused on innovating leading with technology you know disrupting maybe the market a little and um, and you know look with Aaron and and, um, and Alex as well head of tech and head of product. you know, They're just a great team to work with. So like-minded organizations and we just couldn't be happier with the partnership.
0: Yeah, We've been talking about SmartX for a while, long before they, they kind of popped up on the radar or everyone else in 2020 or 2021 when they started grabbing a lot of assets. But for years, no one was really talking about them except me because I'd, I'd seen what they were doing. And I like their technology. And we're experts in UMA and managed accounts. So when I see a vendor with a new take on UMA and sort of really, as you said, technology-first provider, I want to talk about it. So we've been talking about SmartX. We're really happy you guys are working with them. And uh, you know, we don't have any relationship with SmartX and at all, and in terms of a monetary relationship, but we're just happy to see vendors that we like work together and, and doing cool stuff.
1: Yeah, we're, we're really... Um... We're excited about it, and you know, we think the collective strengths of the organisations—we like we've really come together. That's the great approach with their API-first approach: is that you can really build something that's right for your workflow. And, and you know, we're going to be bringing some some really cool features and, and functionality out. And uh, you know, I think the uh, yeah, the SmartX guys are the—they're uh, they're a ten-year a overnight success. <laughs> They've been building that tech for for some time, and it's super mm-hmm. exciting.
0: Yeah, and it came from other tech, right? They started out in the hedge fund world, which is a very it's very it's a lot more pressure, right? You're when you're in the hedge fund, things are changing. Of course, wealth management is is pressure as well. You got to be right and correct. You can't have bad data or inaccurate, but hedge fund is at a different level of you know, so I think coming from that tech background, that that client segment gave them a good base for moving into wealth management.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And we, we see that in their ability to you calculate performance real time, and you know it's it it's precision that you need. I think, and and that's the way that the industry is going. And I think they're leading it. Uh,
0: indeed. And so, uh, well, I'd like to kind of dig a little bit more into how you make this decision because we work with a lot of firms like Morningstar on on the tech side. We work with a lot of your clients, broker dealers, enterprise RIAs, and it's often uh, an issue for 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 CXOs, presidents of companies like yourself. When do you switch? How do you know that it's time to switch? So what was so you mentioned UMA need? You mentioned APIs, but how did you know that? Hey, now's the time we have to switch. What was your 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 decision point?
1: Yeah, I, I mean I don't know that there's a, a an easy answer to that question. You know, I think strategically we could just see the the, the way the industry was going, and and we could see that um, that with advisors expectations aren't declining I would say so you know advisors you know they're humans they spend a lot of time in modern apps and and uh, using different sort of digital applications and and you know I think when they move into the sort of um you know the finance tech space they don't change their expectations they just get disappointed <laughs> and so um and so you know we could see that and and um and so for us it really we really felt like we needed to improve the digital experience for our advisors and and that was the key we could do you know, uh, Jeff Bezos talks about you know um you know embracing external trends and that generally if you you know if you if it's a strong external trend um and you don't embrace it you're probably going to be left behind and, and you know for us we could see that and um and so that was really the catalyst we needed to improve the 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 experience the workflows on our platform and and look we looked at all of the major providers we went through a comprehensive due diligence and evaluation process and you know we signed you know confidentiality agreements with all the vendors and, and they were great. And, and, you know, we were very, this was a bona fide, search. We wanted to look for the best partner and, you know, there's a, look, there's a lot of great providers out there, I would say. So it was not an easy decision, but, but we felt on balance. SmartX were good because we liked where they were in their, in their business life cycle. They're still in that sort of innovator, you know, um, sort of pilot it, nail it stage. And, um, and, and that's great because, you know, we want to build something that's really well suited to our advisors and our clients and we want to innovate together. You know, I think when firms get really large, you know, they turn into large professional services firms that have, you know, cookie cutter playbooks. And so, and, and, you know, we felt like SmartX wasn't that. And so, um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a comprehensive process. It's, it's a risky, you know, moving, you know, back end and, and middle office it's risky. It's a lot of work, but we've got a great team and we've got some experience doing some pretty complex projects. Um, uh, of this kind of nature and so and and so I, I feel really confident we're we're really on track things are going well and um our goal is to just make sure there's no disruption for our for our advisors and their clients and, and we feel good about that
0: and yeah, we've seen that as well working with uh, a lot of different vendors from large to small that success breeds uh, lack of innovation right you tend to innovate less as you get larger and once you be in order to to get that level of success you have to become a legacy provider. It, it takes, it takes a number of years to do that. And now your technology becomes old. You're, you become beholden to your biggest clients, the legacy clients, and they start to drive your roadmap rather than innovative ideas driving your roadmap.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, the engineers that are closest to the the pain point or the problem, you know, that's where the innovation comes from, you know, solving real problems. But, you know, once they get to a certain scale, you know, the engineers move out and the MBAs move in and, <laughs> and, uh, and then it's about, you know, scaling, scaling and turning into a software product. So,
0: so we talk about trends around UMA. So, so we're experts in, in UMA technology, UMA programs and platforms. But since I've been in the industry, uh you know, I've been in financial services over 30 years and specifically wealth management, 17 years. And ever since I started doing wealth management, UMA has been the next big thing. UMA is going to check off. Uma is this. But it's sort of been a very slow methodical process, but you saw that as a need that you had to have right now. Why is that? What trends are you seeing around UMA? I think um advisors
1: are managing more clients and you know, more assets and the, you know, their businesses are becoming more complex. And they want to be able to personalize portfolios for their clients, you know, make them appropriate, those that are leaning more on Planning, maybe it's more geared towards, you know, the the, the financial plan and the outcome or, or those that are more investment oriented, you know, they want to be able to bring some insight, but they want to be able to do it at scale. They don't want to be building bespoke portfolios for every client, but they also, you know, they don't just want to take a, a single sort of, you know, ETF managed portfolio and push it out to every client. And so, you know, we think UMA being able to manage multiple sleeves in a single account and UMH, you know, being able to, to manage multiple accounts towards a single household allocation. We just think that's the direction of travel. Advisors can add a lot of value at that level for their clients and, you know, allowing them the ability to have a few levers to pull at the at the account level or at the household level um, can allow them to deliver the right solution for their client. But it also means they're not bogged down in, you know, having to build bespoke portfolios and rebalance portfolios. And, and so that's 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 what we see with UMA. We have a we have a UMA on our platform now. It's a, called a multi strategy account. That's what we call it, and um and that's by far our largest growing, um, fastest growing uh, strategy on our platform. Um, daylight second, um and and we've only I think it's about two years now that we've had that sort of functional and um and I would say that the the we've got a pretty basic MSA a sort of UMA capability now, and it's very popular. And um, and we don't expect that to decline. If we, if you look at the Cerulli data, which I you know I guess it's probably the most most tortured uh, data <laughs> that the industry has, but uh, you know we wouldn't be surprised to see UMA uh, and SMAs be by far the largest category in the managed account um, area in the next decade. It's just it really works well for advisors. It's
0: been growing, I think it, I think it hit a trillion. In assets, I think you only hit a trillion in assets two or three years ago. I'm that's right, fact check me on that I have to double check. But it's um, RepSPM is still growing as well, which is I'm still shocked about because as you mentioned, more advisors really should be looking to bring insight at scale, personalization at scale, and you can't do that in Repus PM.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I do think the popularity of Repus PM really speaks to that durable need that advisors have of. Flexibility and choice, as it relates to asset allocation and investment selection, and you know, if you look at the the historic sort of managed account programs, you know, the, the advisory programs, they just didn't have that. You you took it off the shelf, and that was it. I do think UMA has the potential to kind of maybe take some of the 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 share from repers PM for for certain advisors. Um, but but there's also no reason why you can't have a advisor managed sleeve within a UMA. I mean, I, I think that's the future where, you know, certain advisors, you know, they've got insights, large cap U.S. equities, maybe they want to build that portfolio. There's a, they've got an itch that they want to scratch and, um, and if they're good at it and they, and they know it, there's no reason they can't do that in a kind of scalable risk-controlled way. Um, that, that's kind of the direction we, we see things going.
0: Yeah, we've seen that as well. A number of, a couple of larger broker deals are also offering advisor managed sleeves in their UMA. So, it's becoming more popular, sort of a hybrid where you're saying, "Look, we don't want you to do a repis PM, but we'll give you something to play with."
1: That's right. That's here. right. And you know, RIA's have been doing, you know, that is there. <laughs> many of them repis PM. They are, you know, they're they're the they're the the firm, they're the practice, and they they do it themselves. So, but technology is getting to the point where I think, you know, I, I think direct indexing and some of the 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 technology that underpins that um, as the I think as the industry matures, I think the ability for sort of a merging of rep as PM and and you know scalable portfolio construction, I, I could see that on the horizon.
0: That's a good. That's a good uh, future trend to come back and check in a few years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Something uh,
0: you mentioned earlier about technology that um, you're, with your current provider, they're offering portfolio accounting and performance calculation, but with when you bring SmartX in and integrate that. SmartX is going to be the rebalancer. And then Morningstar Office is going to do portfolio accounting and performance calculation. Why did you do that? And how um how is that going to benefit you uh, in the long run? Yeah, I think um
1: we have we've been using Morningstar Office to do a lot of the performance calculations for our for our TAMP historically, just the way things had played out. Morningstar Office was kind of a key backend provider to the TAMP in early days. Um, but um, you know, we think in, you know, the, the portfolio accounting engine is really a critically essential service of the platform, you know, having the client data, um, owning that, um, underlying capability we think is really important. It's not for everybody. Obviously I don't think you'd want to build it from scratch today if you were, if you didn't have one, but, uh, but if you've got one and, you know, we serve over 2,300, um, firms, RAA firms through office. Um, so, you know, we felt like, um, we think you know we think the portfolio accounting portfolio management um, offering is really critical for RAs. I, I don't buy the commodity story and that there's going to be these kind of upstarts disrupting. I, you know it's a it's a tough game, getting the data right, getting the performance calculations right, you know that's actually that takes that takes decades of 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 knowledge and experience and innovation. Um, but we have that, and we we definitely want to see that grow. So it made a lot of sense for us to invest in both. and um and you know then then you know smartix can focus on what they do best. Which is that you know UMA chassis rebalancing you know using automation um, to save save advisors time to save us time and so so we felt like that was good mix and um, and also as you know Morningstar starts to build out as we build out more and more data um, you know new insights being able to plug that straight into our accounting engine and and integrate things in a way where we don't have to get on somebody else's roadmap. um we think is is really important you know if you talk to canal our ceo he'll always talk about you know there are certain things you've got to control your own destiny and we think we think the portfolio accounting space is is one of them for us
0: it's a good decision we we have worked with other startup vendors who have built portfolio accounting engines from scratch in just the past five years with a couple at least, we did at least two of those projects, and yeah, it's not easy. They always think it is. That's and right. We, we we kind of lay it off them. They, their eyes kind of get really wide, like they didn't realize because it's there's so much going on, especially you know, with all different different security types and the different um, custodians and having to manage all that and and you know two plus one. So they 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 it's really and all, all the complexities of the different uh, security types.
1: That's right. And if you look at the those the new entrants, even you know the one new entrant. Um, in the amount of capital they've raised and they're investing. I mean, it just and 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 are doing a great job. It just highlights how how challenging it is to to do it well, especially as the you know the the security master list expands. Um, you know, life doesn't get easier; it gets harder on the edges in the corners. So,
0: yeah. Well, especially we get into things like fixed income and how bonds work and coupon payments and how you know all the different types of you know preferred stock and other you know even you know, yeah. all those things how they're handled and. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the complexities are, are intense. So yeah. um, good, good um, e- explanation of, about how you made this, this strategic decision to not build portfolio kind of from scratch, but also not be beholden to others and not, you want that, you want to control that. So that's a decision. Some, th- some, things you're saying, Hey, we're going to partner with smart X for the rebalancer and these other tools and the UMA, but we're going to keep some of these things for ourselves.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's um, picking the spots, where you know you've got the capability and you think it's important where you where you see your strengths and then be willing to partner. And I know you as a firm and you, you as an individual are, you know, very focused on making sure that there's you know seamless integrations of third parties so you can bring best of breed. Trying to be the best at everything is, you know, it's 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 a losing strategy.
0: Oh uh, yes and no. I mean we we get this question a lot, which is better, best of breed or all in one? And the answer is it depends on you, right? In your firm, if it's if it's a broker-dealer or you have a fintech firm, what? how much effort do you want to expend on integrations? Because it's, yeah. if, if every vendor's integration worked half as well as they claimed, we'd be out of business. Yeah. It yep. wouldn't do us. So <laughs> they don't really work well. There's always a lot of problems. And um, a best-in-breed solution will, if, if you have the capabilities like Morningstar does, you've got the, a huge bench, you've got developers, you, you're a developing shop. So you understand how to do that. It's within your capability to pick and choose and be able to build out the connectivity between those. Other firms may not; they did not have that ability to do that as best. So their best to do an all-in-one where they don't necessarily get the best of everything, but having everything in one platform, one data store, is is immensely valuable.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that choice around how important is the that that sort of seamless end-to-end hmm. versus you know having the best component or capability within each of the the elements of the workflow. So yeah, no good points.
0: But also you you made the point that you're bringing back back to making decisions. You made that strategic decision. We want to own portfolio accounting. We don't need to own rebalancing because you saw that as as core to your other, other applications because you've got this portfolio of tools, technologies that can feed into portfolio accounting. Other firms may not have that. So portfolio accounting may not be as important to them, but we always recommend look for your value add and where your value add is, that's the things you want to keep, everything else you want to outsource
1: yeah makes sense all
0: right so um back to morningstar office uh what will be the advisor experience will the tamp be integrated into morningstar office in the front end where the advisors who are using office could say hey i want the tamp boom click here and it just flows right through is that something you're thinking about
1: yeah, well look, we're exploring different ways of building the integration. You know, our, our vision for the group is an integrated suite of wealth offerings that allow advisors to leverage our unique Morningstar insights in a way that works for their practice. And so, you know, our our ideal state is we have a, a set of you know core capabilities that are able to be configured for the 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 client workflow, whether it's an RAA or a and you know a fee based advisor with a broker dealer, but um, but look we're still working through exactly how the two are going to be connected. Right now we're focused on back end integration and connections, and and then over time we'll we'll be working through the uh, the front end. But you know we hired uh, uh, Bjorn Vidlistet from um, Black Diamond, who you know I think uh, had done a tremendous job at Black Diamond with their their uh, portfolio accounting, reporting, uh, service, and, you know, just the advisor client engagement tools that they've got there, we think are, are, are really good. And so, you know, Bjorn is, is very focused on how we could bring, you know, different elements of our TAMP workflow uh, together for RIAs. And so, but I would say, watch this space.
0: <laughs> Keep your eyes on this.
1: That's right. You... Exactly.
0: So, so you know, talking about the TAMP, so we've got the new technology in the back end, we've got uh, integration with Morningstar Office. We've got plans for the front end. Are there any roadmap items you can share specifically around the TAMP?
1: Yeah, probably the biggest one and and certainly near term is, is direct indexing. Um, you know, that is, you know, personalization at scale. That's being able to, you know, allow an advisor to pick a reference uh, index portfolio, elicit preferences from the client, including ESG preferences, exclusions, inclusions, Um, to be able to optimize that and include tax, uh, then be able to uh, report on that, including impact and tax alpha. So that's a a big area of focus for us. We've just launched a pilot program on the TAMP. Uh, So we launched that at the beginning of July. Uh, We've got a subset of uh, advisors that are interested in it. And, uh, you know, it's not about sort of, you know, signing up thousands of advisors. It's about getting some early adopters to give us feedback and iterate around uh, the solution. You know, we've we've got some really great feedback from our pilot uh, advisors at the moment, and we're working towards a, a full launch in, in early Q4 uh, and as we iterate. So we're kind of in a continuous release cycle at the moment. Uh, so, you know, looking to continually improve that. But, but that's probably the big one that's going to allow us to bring, you know, personalization, certainly within an equity uh, portfolio, a single account initially, and then moving it into a UMA account so you can manage it at a UMA sleeve. Uh, that gives us tax, real, you know, proper tax, uh, tax management capability. So you can run that over an, an active equity SMA. And so that's going to be a key feature for us on the TAM that we'll be rolling out this year. Uh, we're building it in a modular way as well so that. the the components could be potentially used by an enterprise or in different configurations for an RIA, maybe a large RIA that wants to be able to use certain components. Maybe they want to bring their own indexes in. Maybe they have their own ESG data. Um, Maybe they have a particular way of trading um, or reporting. So, so we're building with sort of, you know, API first as we're, as we're rolling that out. So, so that's exciting. That's a big one for us. Uh, You know, I think, uh, there's a lot of a lot of talk about direct indexing in 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 the press and across the industry. So so we're hoping to be able to have a compelling solution in market this year.
0: I like how you're building it uh, through API. So would you call this a temp as a service?
1: I mean, I think we've been kicking around this idea of you know direct indexing as a service. Uh, you know, just kind of and and then we have you know our CTO and and head of product saying, well, you know is that is that the right term? You know, James is is very knowledgeable in the space, but. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're looking at it um, as a way so that we could potentially work with broker dealers or large RA firms that really want a solution. They like Morningstar. Um, we're very much focused on uh ease of use. And, you know, there I think there's some really great firms like Parametric have done a tremendous job delivering, especially focusing on tax, uh, tax optimization. Uh, and then Aperio, you know, very focused on values-based investing and um. But you know, generally they've they've tended to serve larger firms, um, and then you've got your kind of smaller D to C, where they go, they're going direct to consumer, which is kind of you know more of that that um, uh, smaller end, and and we think there's a middle area which let's call it sort of mass affluent, sort of you know smaller sort of you know lower uh, single single digit, low single digit millionaire households, where you know advisors running those practices they need to be able to do it easily. And um, if you look at how complex direct indexing is, um, uh, it's hard for advisors to to manage lots of accounts. Our goal is to solve that and to make it really easy for advisors to to manage lots of accounts in a really seamless way, in a more automated way. And so, so that's the pain point we're going after. We we the feedback so far has been good, but uh, as they say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So (laughs) we'll find out later in the year.
0: That could have implications. That would be a great idea if it was direct. If if you could do direct indexing as a service where a vendor who doesn't use any Morningstar products, I can't rather a broker deal without any Morningstar products. I can't imagine there is one. But if there was one, they could plug it into some, or if they had another two another platform, they could plug your service as an API into whatever portfolio management uh UMA managed account platform that they have running. And it would just be another option on this on their existing platform.
1: That's right. That, that that's what we're exploring. And, and you know, I think there's um within the equity sma segment of the managed account sort of you know industry you know we expect along with uma you know we expect equity we expect smas to 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 start to, to take off again and potentially at the expense of etf managed portfolios but um the uh the idea that um you know personalized equity smas and and also you know manager traded fixed income smas we think they're going to become more and more important and um and so it's an exciting area I wouldn't be surprised if it if it increased substantially in the next five to ten years, and so, so you know, we think there's going to be a lot of broker dealers and RIA's that are going to be looking for solutions and partners, and and we're definitely looking forward to exploring those options.
0: Daniel, we've run out of time. Uh, you said everything there was to say. Where can people find more information about Morningstar's tap?
1: Yeah, I mean, go to our website. Um, we'll we'll share that as a part of the podcast, but uh, mp.morningstar.com. Um, and, uh, you know, check our website out. Uh, you can reach out to our, our relationship managers, Hi, drop me an email. Um, happy to, happy to reach back out, but, uh, we've got a lot of great things happening. We've got a really uh, exciting roadmap for the next 12 to 18 months and really looking forward to, uh, being able to serve more advisors and, and help more investors.
0: Excellent. Danny. Thanks so much for being on the program.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Really appreciate it. A lot of fun.
0: Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Number one, Morningstar switched tech platforms because their old provider just wasn't investing enough in their technology to keep up with the evolving needs of the market. Morningstar will also be utilizing some internal systems for portfolio accounting and portfolio calculations such as Morningstar Office, which will save them some money. Number two, Morningstar is planning to integrate the new TAMP offering with Morningstar Office, which is their RIA tech platform, And this would help them compete against InvestNet and Orion, who already have integrated TAMP and tech offerings. Number three, their TAMP roadmap, uh, Daniel shared a bit with us, includes direct indexing. They're launching a pilot program with a full launch in Q4, targeting mass affluent investors. And they'll also be offering a direct indexing service, uh, direct indexing as a service via APIs. Hey, you've made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Thanks for listening. And please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management goodness, news, information, links, and analysis. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening, and talk to you all again next time.